Welcome to the Five Star Life Show, your home for content related to education, parenting, and changing wrong mindsets so you can live a five-star life. I'm your host, Coach Seth. Let's do this. Welcome back to the Five Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I'm joined with my incredible co-host, Coach Mia. Thank you so much, Seth. And we are joined with our incredible producer, Brandon, Coach Brandon. Incredible. Incredible. If you are just tuning in, go to fivestarlife.org to learn more. We have so many incredible things we're doing for kids, and that's our mission, to change the face of culture. So sports, education, really culture in general. You think about what's happening in society. Uh, Are you the person that points and blames and just talks about the problems? Well, we 18 years ago decided we're going to jump in and try to figure out what some of the solutions could be. And we've discovered, research is clear. If you want to move the needle in the lives of kids, which kids are our future. If you want to change the world, you start with kids. You start with this generation. At the core of a person's success or failure is an operating system that we refer to as a mindset. And when you impact the core of a person, the core of a kid, it creates a ripple effect across their attitude, their behavior, their academics. Everything is impacted by that core mindset. And that is our mission. So we've designed curriculums and programs for the last 18 years that do just that. Go to fivestarlife.org to learn more, to bring it to your community, to your school. It's going to be a good good show. Yep. Love it. What are we talking about? So, so we're talking about one of the things that kids, um, about a year ago, I was touring, visiting our different partner schools, and we always just get feedback from kids. What what do you wish that we would talk about? What do you wish that maybe we'd teach you? What, what are your challenges? And one of the major themes was the drama, teenage drama. And how do I handle conflict? And so today, we're actually, if you followed along with this, this uh, show, you know this is like the sixth lesson that we've done about mastering conflict. And today, it might be the most powerful one. Um, we're surrounded by conflict and there is a simple strategy that actually helps bring peace to conflict. And that, that secret is so simple, um, not necessarily always easy to carry out, but a very simple concept that we refer to as a pre-choice choice. So before you're in the situation Make up your mind about what you're going to choose. So the most successful people in life, it's really what separates highly successful people, not just in regard to conflict, but in regard to all life decisions and habits, is they they make choices when they have the right perspective, and then they follow through and, and live in those choices even when their emotions are tugging on them, even when situations maybe are, are pressuring them to go off course. So when I was in high school, I didn't wait until I was at a party 
with alcohol or weed or drugs around me to, to decide, to determine, hmm, what am I going to do with alcohol and drugs? No, back, back long before when I was in grade school, I made a pre-choice choice. Like, I'm going to play college basketball. I'm not touching that stuff because that could sideline me. So in the moment, I wasn't having to figure out and navigate like, oh boy, what should I do? <laughs> so the peer pressure thing was almost a, a non-issue because I already had my mind made up, right? And that also, I mean, there's the other side of that, that they, you can also make a pre-choice choice of something bad. Yes. Y- yes. We, we have, um, there, there's a, a kid that is, is just went through one of our programs and it, the SNAP program, kids that are in, in trouble, um, <laughs> some of them, they want to be this hardcore person. Like it's something that they think the thug lifestyle, the, you know, j- just being hardcore is something admirable. And so most of the kids are like, man, I got in trouble. Like the consequences are not worth it. <laughs> so I was trying to be hard, but it's not worth it. Like I'm, I'm ready to live a five life. So they're sponges, most of the kids. But there are some kids, not too many, that they make pre-choice choices that they want to be in juvie. They want, they want to go down this path because they're all the music they listen to, the people they surround themselves with, that is street credibility. That's, that's respect. It's almost fantasized in a way. It is. You're saying truly they, they want to like go to juvie? Yes. Wow. Yes. There's a kid in there right now. So we've helped so far kids that were not referred to five-star life before we created this snap program for kids as an alternative, 70% would actually end up in, in juvie right now. We're at 6%. There's been a 66% decrease so far. So, but the, the, some of the kids, they have that mindset. Mm. It's almost like they're, they're like, no, I'm, I'm aiming for this. I want that on my, I, I want to be reputable when I get out and now I can tell my friends like, yeah, I was in juvie, <laughs> you know, right? That's the mindset. Mm-hmm. That's their mindset. Very tough. So as it relates to mastering conflict, um, the pre-choice choice that I I've made to master conflict is no matter what the conflict, I've made a pre-choice choice that I'm going to handle conflict with respect I don't, doesn't matter how uh, irrational the other person's being, doesn't matter how nasty the other person's being, doesn't matter how irritated I am. I made a pre-choice choice that I'm, in advance, I know my response is going to be respectful. Period. And do I do it right all the time? No, 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 no. But it's a pre-choice choice that it's, it's become my default. So I am not on the roller coaster. Because this is how conflict works. We talked about this in the last lesson. We talked about that uh, that fight, flight, or freeze response. When we're in conflict, we get really emotional because we feel threatened. Right? We're irritated. They're not listening to us. We feel threatened. And the reality is, it's not truly a true fight, flight, or freeze response. Not appropriate. We're not being hunted down by a wild animal. There's no saber-toothed tiger. Uh, There's not probably even somebody with a gun holding it to our head. 
It's just somebody that disagrees with us, right? They have a different opinion. So when you talk about this pre-choice choice to be respectful in conflict, is do you also, uh, like, do you kind of look at, like, how do I want this to end? Like, what, what result am I looking for at the end? Or are you just going there and, like, no matter what happens, I'm going to be respectful? So that's a good question. I, I, I want to win relationally. Right, the relationship is important, and whatever if it's work related, like the initiative and the kids, they're first. So, like, whatever I'm doing, if it's five star related, well, the kids are have got to win. So, if it's holding somebody accountable, or it's some some kind of a conflict, inter office conflict, or with the partner, that's one. If it's if it's marital or family related, um, there are certain things that have to be done in your family in your business. So, there's there's some of those things that you know you have to go in a certain direction. But this relationship is really important too. So, I, yes, I have an idea of where I'd like it to go, but I, I take that pressure off of myself. I don't know if that makes sense. I, I don't go in necessarily wanting me to win. Like, like my way doesn't have to necessarily win all the time. Um, what I want to make sure happens is that I fix this immediate problem. What is the issue? Let's get to the root of the issue. And most of the time, the issues aren't the issues. It's some attitude issue. Somebody's having a bad day. You looked at them wrong. We all have feelings. I was just talking to an administrator at a school this morning, and, and I asked her how her morning started. She's like, oh, it was a morning. I'm like, well, <laughs> it was a 9 a.m. meeting. She already had a couple before this. And she's like, oh, it, it's been a morning. Like, you know, everybody has feelings. I'm like, especially in today's day everybody's feelings seem like they're just kind of accentuated. Well, and I think in most conflicts, it's at, it's opposite of what you said. Like, I want to win the conflict. Everyone wants to win that. Con- like, if you and I are in a disagreement, I want to win that disagreement. Um, most people can't accept that maybe they're wrong in the in that disagreement. or um, And that's where most conflicts come from is, you and I have a disagreement and I think I'm right and I need to prove that I'm right. It's like a courtroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's why the term misunderstanding is used. You misunderstand. You don't understand each other. And my, my kind of default is I want to try to understand. So, so that takes the, the pressure off me getting in my way. I'm not even thinking about that in the moment. Yes, I do have to get some things done. If I'm a dad, if I'm a leader, there are things that have to be done, but I don't have to win in the moment. I just need to understand. And it can lead to some peace in getting through conflict. We have to take a quick break. Right back after this. Did you know that you can bring the values, lessons, and mindsets Coach Seth discusses on the Five Star Life podcast to your local community? Schools are searching for programs and content that work. Just a simple introduction to your teacher or principal could be a game changer in your community. Inquire at fivestarlife.org and someone from our team will be in touch. Welcome back to the Five Star Life show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I'm joined with my incredible co-host, Coach Mia. Thank you. And producer Brandon is in the house, Coach Brandon happy to be here. So we're talking about how to master conflict. And there is something really strange happening in today's culture. Um, Instead of in conflict, 
or even in a relationship, trying to understand or learn or see life from someone else's perspective. Um, we literally have a culture that prides itself in what I call Jerry Springer mentality, right? You've seen Jerry Springer show. It's like this idea of showing respect in relationships. It's like, it's just so old fashioned. Now we've, we've, it just, it's not really relevant anymore. And the new, the new world uh, kind of, kind of focus is to really get caught up in your feelings. And that's being real. Like I'm being authentic and I'm just letting my feelings go. Do you think some of that is almost like attention seeking? I think about kids and mm. as a teacher, um, most of our behavior problems are students who are seeking attention. And a lot of that, a lot of time that that attention they're seeking is negative attention. Mm-hmm. And I think in the same respect, when we kind of blow up and have these big arguments and big conflicts, we're, we're getting attention, right? If, it's that Jerry Springer effect where everyone's watching. You can't look away from it. It's it's a disaster, but you can't, you can't look away from it. And so part of me thinks there's a little bit of it that's maybe attention-seeking as well. Oh, absolutely. It's attention. It's negative attention, but it's attention. And then everybody at school is talking about it, or everybody at the office is talking about it, mm-hmm. or people are talking. There's attention. Now with social media, you see a lot of the stuff on TikTok or on whatever, whatever it is, what is it? It's, there's a lot of drama. And that's the stuff that goes viral. Yeah, it goes viral. Can you believe what they did? You believe what they said. (laughs) And so they're like, they just feed it because it gets likes. I was watching even spring break now that that's the fighting is a Mm -hmm. thing. I was like, oh my God. I mean, when we went years ago, I mean, you were just there to have a good time. And now it's like, that's not even enough. Crazy. It, it, it is absolutely crazy. So y- you have the Jerry Springer totally unfiltered, unhinged, yelling, screaming, cussing. That That is the way that this is the new kind of trend in dealing with conflict. And on one hand, people see this as entertaining, right? It's why stuff can be going on at Walmart and people are just filming instead of intervening, right? It's just like people are laughing and pointing instead of thinking, this is so wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. just keep walking. I'm not going to give any attention to this. It's where we're at as a society. And so people are starting to buy into this idea that I can be unhinged, unfiltered, I'm being raw, I'm being real. It's acceptable. But what they don't realize is, and this is what we teach kids, what you don't realize is, on Jerry Springer, the fans are coming. They're not your friends. The people in the audience are not your friends. You're putting on a show and they're, they're getting their money's worth. You're just, you're kind of the laughing stock. They're not really celebrating you. They're laughing, being entertained, and mocking you. That's, that's not honorable. That's not who you want to be. And so... When you think about the things, and we tell kids this, when you go off on somebody and there's always those, those people cheering you on, those are the people in the audience. True friends would never cheer you on, support you in that type of behavior because true friends understand 
the consequence and the repercussion for that behavior. You're going to lose a relationship. You're adult. You're going to lose wages. You might lose your job, right? You're going to, you're going to lose family members. You're just going to walk away from all that. True friends would never encourage you to do that. And so we tell kids, anybody that ever encourages that type of response, they're an audience member. <laughs> they're not a friend. Yeah, I mean, that person's not for you. They're not looking out for you. They're not supporting you. They're they're giving you attention, but it's not the type of attention that you should be getting or should be wanting to get, for sure. Yeah, because true friends understand that, yeah, to the audience, that might be entertaining, but for for your life, it's traumatic. And to the person you're, working, you're interacting with, it's traumatic, right? And so what you're creating is this cycle of trauma. And... Remember, everything we do is like a seed that we plant. And so when we plant that, it's an investment. It's going to come back in the next conversation, in the next relationship. And so it's this cycle that if, if, we, can, like if we can help kids learn to make a pre-choice choice, what do you really want? So at the end of the day, if you really process this, you don't really like the way you feel after you think about how you handled yourself. And you realize these people that were in the audience, <laughs> they could care less about you. Um, Brandon, you, you're a teacher. In school, if you didn't have five-star, does this get taught? I mean, do kids get to hear this? Making a pre-choice choice? Yeah, or just, you know, how to master conflict, deal um, with conflict. No, not no. really. Maybe, like, brushed out. I, I wouldn't even say a health class teaches it. Um, it, it's one of those things where, and maybe a one-on-one discussion sometimes happens, but like as a whole group, whole school, no, not at all. And this is why we do what we do. Mm -hmm. This is the importance of five-star life video curriculum and all the programs we offer. If every kid in America could go through this six lesson series on mastering conflict. Not a one and done, but six lessons that walks them through. Kids want to thrive. If they have the tools, they will thrive. You think about if every kid in the nation goes to this, the impact that could have on this nation and the way it would change politics, families, business, finance, everything. That's our mission. I had this conversation a little bit last night. We had our award banquet and I talked to parents about how uh, we took our basketball program through the five-star curriculum. And so at our uh, basketball banquets, we always have the seniors give speeches. And I would say there's four seniors. I think every single one of them mentioned in some way, like the impact it had on them. and, um, And so for me, it was like, this was a small fraction of Edwardsburg. Think of think of what if the whole high school went through it, or the the whole middle school through, mm-hmm. it, or the whole school district went through it. Um, the impact it could have. We have sixteen girls who just went through it, and over just a basketball season, and saw tremendous growth. What type of growth could we see if we did this with the whole school for a whole school year? Mm-hmm. Mm. Educate means to draw from within. And that's what our curriculum is doing. It's getting to some of those core issues 
instead of just an information download, you're teaching them how to tap into really how to make decisions and even how they think. Um, This whole idea of conflict, um, it it is the number one issue when I talk to principals and teachers. It's why we've now grown into detention centers and working with probation officers. Why? Because kids don't know how to deal with conflict. They don't know how to make decisions. No, because what they're learning is what we've talked about. They're learning from social media and things that are popular right now, and that's not necessarily the right way how to deal with it. Well, and it's it's interesting because all of the media, they, they, we call them programs. It's programming. What does that mean? It means these kids every day are taking in programming. They're being programmed. Like every kid in America is, it, they're in programs. It's called Swipe Right. Right? It's mm-hmm. TikTok. Mm-hmm. It's YouTube. They're being programmed. The only way we turn this around is if we offer alternative programming that brings truth and that can help them truly live a five-star life. Now, here's the incredible thing about kids we work with and parents we work with. When, when you give people information that is based in truth and leads them to a five-star life, it is amazing how they absorb it. I mean, it's absolutely amazing how it's, they're like sponges because everything else seems to be so shallow and surfacy and, and, and it's selfish, but it doesn't help them th- themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is powerful. We got to take another break. When I come back, I, I want to dive into some details of how we can really practice this idea of pre-choice choice to handle conflict with respect. Five Star Life is a not-for-profit organization dedicated to changing the face of culture by changing kids' mindsets. Since 2005, we've impacted hundreds of thousands of lives thanks to the generous support of individuals, small businesses, corporations, and foundations. Are you interested in helping Five Star Life grow into all 50 states? With your donation or introduction, you can help bring Five Star Life to your community, school, and state. Go to fivestarlife.org and send us an email today. That's F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R-L-I-F-E dot O-R-G. Welcome back to the Five Star Life Show. And I am in studio with my incredible co-host, Coach Mia, and uh, producer Brandon. Coach Brandon's in the house as well. We're talking about how to master conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we talked about one of the issues in today's society is that Jerry Springer mentality of I'm just being real and raw, unhinged, unfiltered. Um, I'll never forget having a conversation with this, um, one of our five-star students several years ago. And she was having one of these unfiltered, unhinged conversations with her mom. She's in conflict with her mom. And she had legitimate reasons to be in conflict with her mom because her mom um, was really... Uh, not there for her when she needed her. She was a drug addict. Um, she had her own challenges, right? She had her own demons. And so she, she she's speaking to her mom on the phone and she's having this unhinged moment where she's on the phone screaming at her and, and, and just going off on her and they're screaming back and forth at each other. And then she says these words, I hate you 
and wish you were dead and then hangs up the phone. And she, 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 she didn't know that those would be the very last words she spoke to her mom. Like she had no clue. I'm just a teenager being a teenager. Mm-hmm. I'm just being real. My friends do this to their parents. No repercussions. She later on um, stood in front of a cafeteria packed with kids in tears, just pleading with their peers, don't make the same mistake I made. Pay attention to every conversation you have with people that you care about, no matter what they've done wrong, because you don't want to live with that regret that I live with, knowing that my last conversation was not good. This is... Choosing respect is hard, but disrespect, it would, I would, I would suggest it might be harder. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, most of us have, <laughs> you have trial and error and conflict and you've chosen the disrespectful way. And I, I mean, and, and I had to take steps. I mean, one of them was just, I just shut my mouth. Like I was like, bite your tongue and do not say anything till you can do it respectfully and, and, you know, just those little steps, you can see the change in the person. Like, they're waiting for you to, like, come on, you know, <laughs> give me another bullet. Um, so it, it's so important. Yeah, and that's a huge step. I mean, pre-choice choice of respect, again, that first step might be just be saying nothing. <laughs> uh, and then it may be also having to walk away. Like, if you know you're about to just explode and you won't have any respect, you can't sit there quietly – you may just need to walk away and the person may not like it, mm-hmm. but it may be the most respectful thing you can do in that moment. So, so our, our, our kids, um, at times they need to walk away from a conversation. They're so upset. And as a parent, it's tough because you want them to hang in there and have a conversation. So they can't always do that, but it's like, no, let them go away, but we're going to have this conversation, but you absolutely, you, you go, you're too angry. We'll come back to it. And as parents, sometimes we need to shift our mindset because we think, how dare you walk away from me? And I get it if they're not going to come back, but give them some space and that's you showing them some respect. Mm-hmm. And it's showing you them respect by coming back to it. You know, I would think a lot of parents, and that's the hard part of parenting is you don't want to go back, but that that is more important than, you know, um, letting them just walk away and them knowing that you didn't come back, you know? Right. Yeah. It's amazing how a conversation can change just by giving some time. Like, I mean, as a coach for me, like I don't want to talk to a parent who's freshly mad after a game because that conversation is not going to be good for either of us. But if I have, call it even 12 hours, it doesn't have to be 24 hours, but if I have the night to sleep on it, you have the night to sleep on it, Maybe you see you thought about things a little bit, and you're not as as geared up. That conversation goes different, right? It's the same with kids. Let them cool off. Let yourself cool off, and then come back to it, and you'd be amazed on how that conversation probably goes differently if you can just step away for a second and gather your thoughts. Because your initial thoughts, your instinctive re- thoughts, probably aren't always the best ones. Have you actually like? 
been able to tell the parent that like you know what right now may not be the best time for either one of us or um I don't know if I've ever had the confidence to be like you know what we're not gonna have this conversation right now I know that um we've put it in as like a rule Mm. and you know I mean this year it was great I don't think I really even had any parent conversations but I remember um I think it was the first year I coached JV um it happened to be a game where my dad, I think my dad, my stepmom, my maybe even my grandparents were at my ga- at the game watching me coach, and um, after the like I was in the stands talking to them, and this parent comes up to me like as I'm like walking away with them, and was like, "Hey, can you talk?" And it, their daughter like didn't go in until we had like a for sure lead. It was like a close. It was like a ten point close game all. The, all the way till the fourth quarter. Then in the fourth quarter, we got to 20 and she got more playing time and just like laid into me with my dad, my stepmom, my grandparents standing like five feet, 10 feet mm-hmm. away. And it was just like, we couldn't have had this conversation later. Couldn't have it tomorrow. There was one conversation, one this year where a parent asked if I could talk to them after a game. I said, it depends what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> you made a pre-choice choice uh-huh. to ask him what it was about. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's, you know, it's it's so interesting because we, we have a lesson that teaches kids that everything you do is branding yourself. So, you know, that dad, I mean, he's so emotional, totally blocked out the fact that there's all these other people around and... Oh. You know, you just, it's just amazing to me that, that you wouldn't think, hmm, do I want to look like a total jerk in front? Like, yeah, let's have this privately for sure. <laughs> just for my own sake, you know, mm-hmm. like have this, have this privately. But again, it's that, that attention, like you get attention if you cause a scene going off on the coach right after in front of everyone, like you made it clear that you were standing up for your kid and, and whatever. Like you had that attention and you feel, maybe you feel better about yourself after that, but it's, it's attention for sure. Yeah. Well, Mia, you said something really powerful that I want to touch upon. You talked about just like staying silent or taking a breath, pausing. That's what we teach kids is the first step. Like when you make a pre-choice choice to, uh, you know, actually handle conflict with respect in the moment, you have to, you have to kind of re-up, Right. And say, okay, I'm going to pause. <laughs> What's going on? I'm going to choose respect. So first, it's just taking that that deep breath. But then ask yourself the question while you're pausing, what, what do I want and what does the other person want? And 90, 90% of the time, all that we want and all that they want is to be heard. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. So... The respectful thing would be just to just to let them make sure they're 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 heard. Let them go first. Share and and listen without thinking of, of, of a comeback, without thinking about what you're gonna say next. So with no defense mechanism, just listen to them. That's hard to do. But it shows massive respect when you can listen. And I've watched so many times when I do this, grinding my teeth sometimes. But when I can do it and hold it together in my body language together, because your body language, if, mm-hmm. if, if you're acting like you're listening, but your body language not, is not listening, people see through that. When, when I've seen so many times where 
it has disarmed the other person. I literally see the other person relaxing as they're sharing. And it goes from anger to frustration to just conversation because they're not getting any negative feedback. And it changes. So then when it's my turn, it's very different. It's amazing how it doesn't work every time, but it's helpful. How do you navigate like for kids, like if you don't get your turn? <laughs> well, it, it what it always does um, is it always is revealing. So, so you get to see that person's character and kind of their level of maturity. And so for future, you just kind of know where they're at. So, so if, if they really are not interested in hearing you, just take a, take note that that person, they, they're in their self right now. Mm-hmm. So just, just take note and uh, handle it accordingly. But you have to learn to be okay with not being hurt. Yeah. I mean, uh, like we were talking about yesterday, we have to get a life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to take another break. We'll be back right after this. Five Star Life offers year-round programs for kids at our 350-acre training facility that we call Summit. These programs focus on three core components. First, each program includes lessons from our curriculum that targets kids' mindset. Secondly, Each program teaches a skill like equine, archery, blacksmithing, basketball, fishing, boating, and many more. Thirdly, our programs connect kids to mentors we call coaches who are trained to help kids live a five-star life. Go to fivestarlife.org to learn more or sign up your kids. Welcome back to the Five Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I'm joined with my amazing co-host, Coach Mia, and incredible producer, Coach Brandon. Thank you, Seth. We were, we were talking about resolving conflict. And as we've been having this conversation, I just, so we, we talked about making that pre-choice choice to, to go into conflicts with respect. And I know in the past or kind of with this generation, what we've always talked about, how, how am I supposed to, like they don't want to respect someone if they don't receive respect, right? If, the, if that person's not respecting me, why should I go give them respect? And in most conflict situations, you're being disrespected. So how am I supposed to go into this situation and be respectful to someone who's most likely being disrespectful to me? That's a great, <clears throat> it's a great, I mean, that, that's, that's the way kids think for sure. Um, and what, I, what I'd say to kids is, so you're going to wait to make a determination about how you're going to treat somebody based on how they treat you first. So, I mean, literally every person, if they respect, and then what determines whether they're showing respect? Mm-hmm. Is it, I mean, is it a smile? Is it a warm greeting? Is it saying something nice? Like what, what do you define as respectful that would actually prove to you that they're being respectful? Because what if they walk up and they have just a, a, a straight face they're not being unkind, but what if they're just straight faced? What if they don't really aren't warm to you? What about that? Because that could be interpreted as disrespect. So you you I always tell kids you have to think about if you want to wait for everybody else to set the tone for how you're going to behave, then just keep doing that. Absolutely. But if you want to set the tone and be a leader, and you want to be a leader in your own uh, sphere of influence. If you treat everybody with respect, guess what? 
That's what you want, right? I mean, that's the definition of respect, treating others the way you want to be treated. So, so you, you possibly can't be a person that's respectful if you're waiting for them to do it. That's not how it works. You have to first treat them the way you want to be treated. You have to lead that way if you want to come back to you. It's again, it's that principle of sowing and reaping. If you sow seeds of respect, I've told my kids this every day, probably their entire life, whatever you plant, you'll harvest when it comes to relationships. So you're always the first person to smile, to make eye contact, to greet someone. Do they always do it? No. <laughs> nope. But they get to reap the consequences of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important too, is this This isn't just a, you do it and you receive. Like, you know, it may take 10 times before someone finally, does, you know, responds the way that you want them to respond with respect. Well, it's a huge lesson on influence. Leadership is influence. How do leaders gain influence? Well, they go first. They're the first one to stick out their hand and say hello. They're the first person to serve, to help, to do. That's why they're leaders. That's why they have influence. Why? Because they, they're doing something that people want to reciprocate or follow. That's what creates leadership. So the alternative that we tell kids is, if you want to be the follow, a follower your entire life, and not know what's going to come back at you. Just keep waiting for everybody else to make the move. If you want to set a tone for what you expect people to do to you, then set that tone. And nine out of ten times, it's coming back to you with respect. It's amazing. I'm respected everywhere I go. Like, you know, I mean, I mean seriously. Like, and it's it's not because I'm just so amazing. It's because I just simply show. That's all. It's a, it's the principle. Mm-hmm. It works. Right. You walk you walk in the door and you're you're shaking hands. You're giving fist bumps. You're you're welcoming. You're not off putting. So people see that and they a lot of times they probably match energy a lot. Yeah, and I had to teach myself to do that. That wasn't necessarily natural, right? It's it was natural for for, for me to walk into a room and just kind of take it in. Mm-hmm. Right. And just kind of handle my business, go do what I need to do. So I had to learn how to do this. So we, we, we talked about pausing. So pre-choice choice of handling conflict with respect with your spouse, with your kids, at work, at play. Respect. Pausing to take a breath, then asking, what do I want right now? What does the other person want right now? And it's amazing how then once you've heard them and they've heard you, it takes two to be able to work through this. This is a person that wants to walk through conflict. If they don't, then you're not heard and then you need to get a life and not feel bitter or angry that they didn't. Just, it's just, you recognize that's, that's not, that's who they are. That's okay. But if it's a person that wants to work through it, usually the next step after you've heard them is just say, I'm really sorry. It's an apology. I, I'm, I'm sorry that I did that. I'm sorry you felt that way. And then you can explain your perspective. It's amazing how an apology is disarming. Now, here's the question. Can you apologize even when you don't feel like you were in the wrong? Mm. Yes. That's hard to do, right? It's very hard to do. But when you learn the power of an apology, it's not that hard. Um, but I think, too, I want to go back to when you say that you um, 
when you're not heard, you know, you just need to walk away. I think that's that's a if you can just walk away and not since you weren't heard, then go tell somebody else, <laughs> you know, what should have been said and, you know, how you weren't heard. And then you create this whole, then you've totally disrespected that person again. Um, so I think that's a great lesson too. That's a great one because it's so powerful. You take that conflict. You haven't resolved anything. They don't want to resolve it. Mm-hmm. So, but now you're carrying that conflict with you and then you're just vomiting it up on the next person. <laughs> and the next person and the next person, you know. And all the while blaming the other person. Mm-hmm. Well, that's huge in, in schools for kids. That's yeah. that's exactly what goes around. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to walk away and tell this friend that and then the next person that. And then it just builds. Mm-hmm. So making a pre-choice choice, taking a deep breath, listening to the other person, asking what, what do you want, what do they want, listening, and and then apologizing. The painful apology. How many times do you have people that apologize to you? Not very many for me. I would say it's pretty rare. Yeah. Why is that? I don't. Maybe we don't feel the need to apologize. We don't feel like we have anything to apologize for. Or I mean, there's maybe a little bit of pride in there too. Because what we do instead of apologize, we what we justify, we explain ourselves, we explain it away, because it's a misunderstanding. But there's something so powerful about just saying, I'm really sorry. <laughs> and there's something powerful about for, for the other person to hear you say, oh, they're really sorry. They're apologizing. They're, they're owning it. Well, and I think it, it's even more powerful because we hear it so we don't hear it as much, right? It's very, very few times you hear an apology for anything that someone does. So when you do hear one, you're like, oh, wow, I wasn't even expecting that. And so it, it's just more powerful. And apologizing without a but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but you yeah. really took me, yeah. uh, you really took me wrong in the situation and you did this and you did that. I mean, there's a lot of those apologies. It's rare, like a, just a flat out apology, like period, mm-hmm. hard stop, rare. I'm really sorry. And sometimes that shocks people. Oh, and I mean, and I've had to bite my tongue because I want to say, but (laughs) I'm like, you're totally negating (laughs) your apology right now. When will we, um, it's kind of a level, like when will we get to the point where we're okay being wronged? When, where will we get to the maturity level where we're okay when someone, uh, we can just apologize even when we feel like they probably owe us an apology too. When will we finally be okay with them not getting it? When we reach that moment, that's when you reach a level of peace that is rare in today's society. Well, you're just at peace because you, you've, you've handled yourself with respect and you're okay. Mm-hmm. That's also a place of power. Absolutely. To just be at peace and not have to prove yourself or... Um, just, yeah, just be at peace with it and not have that extra, well, I needed to prove myself there is, is huge. And also, I might add, it's actually a great place to start, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Somebody wrongs you, like, I'm okay. I'm still intact. I, I'm really okay. I'm, I, I am an okay person. 
I'm whole, I'm complete, no matter what they said or what they did, I'm okay. So that's another another helpful part of going into that conflict with respect is knowing that I'm okay. No matter what happens here, I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm going to be at peace. That That's a position of power. That's good. All right. Got 30 seconds. 30 seconds. I want to encourage everybody just, just to practice this whole idea of, of respect through conflict and make a pre-choice choice. Think about where you need it the most right now. Is it at home? Is it at work? Is it at play? Um, and, and start to apply these things and let us know. Go to fivestarlife.org and let us know how it's working. We love hearing from audience members, even for topics or any ideas, or even if you disagree. We love that too. <laughs> we won't be offended by it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. At Five Star Life, we are changing the face of culture through education and sports by changing the most important piece of a human being's life, their mindset. If you are interested in being a part of our journey, please visit fivestarlife.org for more information on volunteer and donation opportunities.